0: begin with he points out that we must first become what he calls a living sacrifice a living sacrifice says, okay bill how do i go about becoming a living sacrifice he says well the first thing you got to do is you surrender your body to worship god right and then after you do that you surrender your mind to the wisdom of god and after that then you then surrender your own will to the will of God. If you'll do that on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, you'll find yourself living as a living sacrifice, and that's good news. Paul has been driving home the fact that we as individual believers, guess what, y'all? We have an obligation to God. We have an obligation to the Lord to give our very best in service and sacrifice. Then after that, Paul begins to focus on the individual believer's duty to and the individual believer's place in the body of Christ, which of course is the church. He said that we have to be aware. We have to be aware of pride. Pride can slip into any of our lives. So we have to be aware of pride in the body. We must be aware of our place in the body. But we also have to be aware of our performance in the body. These are important things. So then after we examine our own life in the mirror of God's Word, and we get it to where it really needs to be, after we discern what our spiritual gift is, and we get busy using it for the glory of God, then we need to be thinking of something else. Then we need to begin thinking of how we are going to make a positive difference in the lives of our brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, are you making a positive difference in the people you know? That's the question for today. As a brother and sister in the Lord... We are related. I don't know how you feel about being related to me, but I feel good about being related to you. Amen. We're related to other believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And part of our God given purpose as brothers and sisters in Christ is to imitate Jesus in our relationships in the church and also in our responsibilities in the church. These are important matters. And so today, Paul begins this list. Say list. Y'all, it's a list. It's a list of challenges to the believer. It's a list of challenges that we must accept in order to be a God-honoring family. And that's what brothers and sisters are. We are Our family. If I could sing, I'd sing that song. We are family. Amen. That's what we are. But we've got to do this. We've got to be this God-honoring family, not only before him, but before a watching world. You see, the Lord wants us to live as a God-honoring family. But listen to this, y'all. The world, they need us to be God honoring family they need to see what it's like friends if we could practice these challenges I'm going to share with you today if we could just practice them in our daily lives you would be able to revolutionize the world you live in so here it goes I'm going to share with you three basic thoughts that if you will accept these challenges you'll be able to make a difference a positive difference In the world you live in. Now if you believe that the Bible is the word of God. And you furthermore believe that we as believers are to live under the authority of this word. I want you to stand up right now. Praise God for that. Listen while I share in Romans chapter 12 beginning in verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Father, I pray that your people would accept the challenges that have been given forth in your word. Father, I pray that you would use us to revolutionize the world we live in, one person at a time. Lord, use us that way. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. please be seated. Now, as I shared in that passage, that begins the actions that we ought to have toward, the, toward God's family. Now, when we start thinking about actions towards God's family, the first thing we need to think of is the social actions. There are social actions. These are things that you and I can do that will make us a pleasure to live with. Do you know that some people are just hard to live with? Amen? Well, you're not supposed to be one of them. Amen? You're supposed to be a pleasure to live with. The first thing that Paul says is if you're going to be a pleasure to live with, you better be honest. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. You see, the family of God is to love one another without a ulterior motive, without pretense, without hypocrisy. We're supposed to love each other like Jesus loves us. Can you say that you love your brothers and sisters like Jesus loves you? That's the way we're supposed to love. We're supposed to be honest. Number two, we're also supposed to be loving. Look in verse 10. In the very beginning of verse 10, Paul says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. See, here Paul is talking about God's family loving one another with the faithful devotion of the closest of families. I know that there are many in our church who have incredibly close Families, and I am so envious of that because my family on, just not me and Janet, but my family, we're just not that close. And I envy what some of you all have. Well, Paul is saying you need to be loving like the closest of families. Since we are family, then we need to love one another as family. Amen? You can't disjoint yourself from me. Neither can I disjoint myself from you. Why? Because you are family. You're family and I love you. So I want to encourage you as Paul did to be loving. To also these social actions toward God's family that make us a pleasure to live with. Paul also says be humble. Look at the end of verse 10. In honor giving preference to one Another listen up, friends. You are more important than me. Did y'all get that? You are more important than me. We ought to be busy putting other people ahead of ourselves. Listen to what Paul wrote to another church in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well being. What does that mean? That means you are more important than me. I need to be seeking your benefit more than my own. See, God's way is that we seek our brothers best in every situation. So be humble. He goes on to say, be diligent. In verse 11, he says, not lagging in diligence. Now, as we relate to our brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not supposed to be lazy as you relate to your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not to procrastinate. You're not to be difficult to work with. Let me ask you this question. Do people look forward to working with you? Do they say, man, I get to work with Tim Shelton today. Amen. Oh, do I get to work with Joan today? People like to work with you? Do people look forward to working with you? If you're diligent in the Lord, people will look forward to working with you. Paul goes on to say, be helpful. Look in verse 13, distributing to the needs of the saints. You see, just like in a biological family, it is the duty of the Family of God to carry the burdens, to help carry the burdens of other people. It may be like physical needs. It might be emotional needs. It might be financial needs. It might be spiritual needs. But whatever the need, we're called by the Lord God Almighty to help carry burdens. Be helpful. Number six, he says, be open. In verse 13 at the end there, he says, given to hospitality. See, instead of building walls up, instead we're to tear down walls. We're to be open and encourage people to come in. We reach out and invite people into our lives, into our homes. That's given to hospitality. Verse 14 says, be kind. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not Curse. You see, regardless regardless of what a wayward brother might throw at you, your reaction is always one of patience and restraint. Even if you want to pinch his head off, you must bear and be forbearing. We don't sling mud. We don't Degrade, we don't tear down, we don't dishonor a brother, we don't dishonor a sister in the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what. Why? Their family. Their family. So be kind. In verse 15, he says, Be compassionate, rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep, because we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. When you hurt, guess what? I hurt. When you struggle, guess what? I struggle. Friend, when you celebrate, guess what? I get to celebrate. Praise the Lord. Be compassionate. When a crisis comes or a new season approaches, let us be Jesus to our family. Let us be Jesus to our family. When we reveal this kind of Christ-like love to our brothers and sisters in Christ, guess what happens? The world sees what you're doing. The world sees what kind of faith you live in. And they want some of it for themselves. Friends, be compassionate. But not only are there social actions that we should be engaging in, But there are also spiritual actions. Now, while the social actions make us a pleasure to live with, these spiritual actions equip us to be a blessing to other people. And that's what God's people ought to be, is a blessing to one another. Amen? When I come here, y'all always bless me. I can't say the same for me to you, but y'all always bless me, praise God. So, let us be equipped to be a blessing. How do you do that? Paul says in verse 9, Be holy. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Friends, as we walk daily, day in and day out with the Lord, you've got to hate what's evil and be glued. Glued to what's good. That you cannot be separated from what's good. But you are far away from that which is evil. You constantly have to be considering How am I living right now? How am I living before a watching world? How am I living before my brothers and sisters in Christ? You are your brother's keeper, you know. How are you living? Whether it's good or bad, you're always influencing somebody. Did you know that? You're always influencing somebody. Somebody and the Lord desires that you influence them to be holy. Be holy. But He also says, Hey guys, how about being a little bit excited? Be excited, praise God. Look at the end of verse 11. Fervent in spirit. Translated, that means, Hey man, get excited for Jesus, why don't you? Get excited for the Lord. Fervent means to be boiling or bubbling. And specifically, it means it's talking about the sound, the sound that bubbling water makes when it's bubbling. The idea is here is that we ought to be making some excited noise, amen, for the Lord's glory. Are you making some excited noise for the Lord Jesus Christ? See, when a family is in this vital and real relationship with the Lord Jesus, the natural result, the natural outcome is this incredible, sincere excitement with all your heart. You can't help it when you're in this relationship with Jesus. You won't be dead. You won't be stale. You won't be stagnant. No, you'll be alive and vibrant in the Lord. And people will be able to see that excitement in you. Can I just tell you this? The world is looking for something real. Man, they see enough of this fake crap in their lives. They need something real. And they need to find it in the family of God. Are they seeing what's real in this family? Let them see... In this family. An energetic. Breathtaking. Move of mighty God. Let them see us be. A little bit. Excited. So as he continues talking about these. Spiritual actions. That we ought to have toward the body. The next one he says. He says be faithful. Look there in verse 11. At the very end he says. Serving the Lord. Serving means to be in the position of a servant. But not only to be in the position of a servant, but to be acting accordingly. Not just to be in the position of a servant, but to be acting like a servant also. You see, when you got saved, you were bought with a price, the precious blood of God's Son. We belong to the Lord Jesus. Therefore, we ought to be Faithful servants. Not only in title, but in what we do. Serving the Lord. You were saved to serve. Do you know that? You were saved to serve. And when the Lord looks at your life, He should find you actively engaged in doing His will, His way, for His glory. Does He find you doing that? Does He find you serving the Lord with all your heart? Be faithful. The final spiritual action that he gives towards God's family is it's not the final one, there's some more. Be happy. Amen. Be happy. We should be the happiest people on this planet, amen. Let me see some smiles. Come on. Come on, Lane. Come on, Michael. Let's see some smiles out there. Come on. Bring it on, Vicky. Here we go. Hey girl. Some smiles out there, good one, Mary. Let's see some good one, Kathy. Let me see some smiles out there. What you got, Kyle? And a boy boy, yeah. We ought to be the happiest people on this planet. But we act sometimes like the dullest people on the planet. Man, your smile should be biggest when you're serving God. Why? Because you got hope. You got hope in the Lord Jesus. Man, we are blood-bought, born-again, heaven-bound, and it don't get no better than that. Man, you ought to be wearing a smile all the time, especially when you're serving God. We have a hope that this world we live in don't know nothing about. Some believers are mean and crabby. You know any of them? I know some of them. None in here, mind you. That was good, right? Cha-ching. Why are they so mean? Why are they so grumpy? Why are they so crabby all the time? Maybe they've forgotten what God's done for them. Friends, can I encourage you to be happy? You got great reason to be happy. Then he says, be hopeful. Look in verse 12, verse uh, the second part. Not only rejoicing in hope, but patient in tribulation. This means that when you get shaken up, you hang in there. You persevere when you're under pressure. When things are going horrible, you're still on top of the world. You persevere under pressure. Friends, we should never permit things to arise in our life and cause us to run away from God. Man, if something bad happens in your life, you ought to be running to Him. Running to Him. I mean, whether it's thick or thin, mountaintop or valley, high or low, it don't matter. We ought to be seeking the Lord, resting in the understanding that God's working out His will even through the challenges of our life. Even through the difficult days, even through the battles, God is working out his perfect will. The Bible says, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called to his purpose. God's always seeking the best for his people, so why not be hopeful? Finally, he says, be prayerful. Look at the end of verse 12. Uh, Miss Wendy's liking this, by the way, ain't she? Amen. This is is Wendy's verse. Verse uh, verse 12. Uh, That's why I spent three sections on it. I was thinking about you the whole time, sis. Verse 12. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Listen, your prayer life, the family of God's prayer life should be unwavering and constant. We should be constantly in prayer. Unswervingly in prayer. Prayer is the very lifeline of the believer. If you ain't got prayer, you ain't got diddly. Amen? It's the lifeline. Yet too often, what do we do? We neglect the communication that we have with our Heavenly Father. What a tragedy. The Bible says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, get this, avails much, not little, much. How you praying? How are you praying? God blesses the praying person. And God blesses the praying church. Be prayerful. So there's 13 actions. Some social. Some spiritual. And if we engage in those and uh, do those things, we'll properly relate to the family of God. And we will become a God-honoring family. But there's more. Because there's not only the actions, the things we do, but you also got to do them with the right attitude. Boom. That ought to speak to every one of us. What about our attitudes toward God's family? Let's look in verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. So what should we do? Well, verse 16 says, first of all, you've got to start walking as a family. We have to start walking as a family. Verse 16 says, be of the same mind toward one another. Be a family. In the effective family, in the loving family, unity is so important. We have to be unified in all that we do. To function as a God-honoring family, we need to start thinking like a God-honoring family. And that's the problem. A lot of times we don't think like we're a family. And when you don't think like you're a family, guess what? You don't act like you're a family. Togetherness is critical. Togetherness is critical in the God-honoring family. The minute we begin splintering, the minute we begin isolating ourselves, is the minute the family begins to break down. We've got to walk as a family. But not only that, he says we ought to walk in fellowship. Listen to what he goes on to say in verse 16. But set your mind on high, do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. You see, not one member of this family of faith should think that they're any better than the other. Not one of us is any better than the other. We're all cut from the same cloth. We're all saved by the same blood of Jesus. And we're all headed to the same heaven, praise God. Therefore, listen to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 2. Let nothing, say nothing, nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. For each of you are to not look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Others. Can I just say we ought to walk in fellowship? Walking as a family. Walking in fellowship. But there's more attitudes toward God's family that we ought to have. We ought to also walk in forgiveness. Look in verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. See, according to Jesus... Some family members may offend you. Did you know that? Some family members may offend you. And when they do, not if, but when they do, we cannot respond by trying to get even. We're commanded to practice forgiveness. As Jesus practiced forgiveness on us. Walk in forgiveness. But another critical attitude toward God's family is that we walk in faithfulness. Look at the end of verse 17. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. That is basically a command to live a beautiful life. Are you living a beautiful life? The life of faith that we live should be a thing of beauty to anybody who observes it. Nothing is more God-honoring, nothing is more beautiful than walking a faithful life. So, actions are important. So are attitudes Very important in the way we properly relate to God's family. They're very important to the way to how we honor the one who bought us. But finally today, what about our affections toward the family? Look in verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, say you, Live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How should my affections be? Be related to God's family. First of all, he said, be peaceful. Be peaceful. When we properly relate to one another, guess what there's going to be? Peace. That's right. When we do it right, when every one of us do it right, there will be peace. When we don't, guess what there's going to be? No peace. No peace. God says here that each person is responsible for their own actions in this matter of living peaceably within the family of God. So, what does that mean, Bill? That means you got to go the extra mile and not wait on somebody else to do it. You got to go the extra mile without demanding that somebody else do the same. That means you got to offer the apology first. Without demanding that somebody come and offer it and try to reconcile the relationship first. That means that you have to take the lead in making sure that there's peace in the family. That means that you've got to take first place in making sure that there's harmony in the family. See, if each one of us makes sure, makes real sure that there's peace, guess what we're going to have? Say it. Peace. It's pretty important to God. I pray it's important for you to be peaceful. But he also says be patient. In verse 19 the command is clear. Don't take matters into your own hands. Don't take matters into your own hands. If you've been offended by somebody in the family and they refuse to make it right, friend I'm sorry but you just got to leave the matter in God's hands you just got to leave it there. It's not your place to exact revenge. It's not your place to extract a pound of flesh. It's your place to love them. It's your place, friend, to leave them in the hand of God. Listen here. The Lord saw everything. He saw everything that happened. He knew who, he knew who was to blame. And He knew what He was going to do about it. The best place for that person is in the hand of God. So be patient. In verse 20, we're told to be positive. Therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. And so doing you, you'll heap coals of fire upon his head. Since the Lord's the one who deals with our faults, our job is to take the lead and love him. Our job is to take the lead and be a friend even to your enemy. The Lord wants us to reach out to our enemies in love and humility just like He did when we were His enemies. Do you remember that day? Y'all remember when you were His enemy and He reached out to you in love and humility? If they reject you, hey friend, that's between them and the Lord. You've done your part and that's all the Lord requires. So when you've been done dirty, When somebody stabbed you in the back When a family member has done you wrong Don't get down and out Just try to be like Jesus Who literally Literally blessed his enemies While he was hanging on the cross Do you remember what he said? Father forgive them For they don't know what they're doing You have to be like Jesus. Be positive. Finally today, be pleasant. Have you ever met people that ain't pleasant? Have you ever met people that always seem to be looking for something to get tore up about? Is that yes or no? Listen, don't be them. Amen? Don't be them. They love nothing better than for somebody to offend them so that they'll have an excuse for a nasty attitude. Be a pleasant person. Being Christ-like in every situation. You have no control over how you are treated by others. But listen, you have absolute control over how you respond to others. Be pleasant. Now, many of you have heard that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, you and I can receive the undeserved favor of God and the forgiveness, say forgiveness, and the forgiveness of God. For every sin you have committed and will commit, that's grace. And here's the kicker. When he does it, when he saves you that way, when he applies his grace and forgiveness to your life, he won't leave you in the condition he found you. Praise God, he changes people, amen. I'm so thankful. I was sharing it in our life script this morning. I'm so thankful that God changed Bill Barlow from that filthy, nasty, talking man to a man with a different message. He wants to change you to be like his son Jesus. And listen, part of that change is teaching you how to properly relate to God's family. So let me ask you this. When you lay your life alongside of the Word of God today, are you properly relating to God's family? When you lay your life alongside this lifeline, are you honoring God as part of His family? If not, i got some good news for you. You can start today. Yesterday was yesterday. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If there's room for improvement in how you walk with the family, there ain't no better day than today Then start making the necessary adjustments so that you can be everything that the Lord God Almighty has saved you to be. See, that's really what our 3151 challenge is all about. We're praying for three people that don't know the Lord Jesus. They're not part of the God's family. We're praying for them, and we've committed that we're going to learn one way to share the good news of Jesus with people. We're going to invite five people to church one day, and ultimately, we're going to share the good news of Jesus with somebody who's not part of the family. That's what the Lord saved you to be. If there was nothing more for you to do, you'd be in heaven right now. But there's more for you to do. You were saved to serve. So, can I just say this? There probably ain't nothing harder than dealing with people. Can I a testimony? <laughs> Easy, Bubba. You have to be so hardy with that. Ain't nothing harder than dealing with people. You know, people just don't do what I want them to do all the time. They're always being disobedient to me. <laughs> like I know what I'm doing, right? It's difficult dealing with people. But since I can't control them, I'm simply left with controlling myself. Love like Jesus, especially with those who are of the household of faith. You're part of a family. You can't leave the family. You might think you can leave the family, but you can't leave the family. Let's just be honest this morning with our own lives. Let's don't be thinking about that other guy. Let's be honest with our own lives this morning. If there are matters that need to be adjusted in your life. If you need to become part of the family once and for all. We're going to offer an invitation here in just a second. And during that song, if you feel led by God to, to step out and step forward, I want to show you what how God says you can be part of the family. It's not difficult. It's people who make it difficult. So I want to encourage you if there's something you need to get right, an adjustment that you need to make as a family member, let's use this altar this morning to honor God and properly relate as a God-honoring family member. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for the family of God. I thank you for the countless blessings that you've given us Lord, the things you afford to us, the privilege of serving alongside you, being a co-heir with the Lord Jesus Christ of the glory of heaven. But Lord, there's undoubtedly some people here today that they're honest, they're not part of the family because they've never placed their faith and trust in Jesus. Lord, there might be some wayward brothers in this room today. Well, they realize that that they haven't been living like a God-honoring family member. Lord, whatever you want to do, however you want to change us, Lord, let us be receptive to the things you want to do. Lord, we love you today. We exalt you today. And now this invitation is for you. Lord, you do in us what you want us to do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Amen.